Welcome to episode 51 of Screen Champs. I'm your host, Dubs, here with my co-host, the man, man, Moan. What's going on, brother? What's happening, man? Uh, today's episode, we're going to run through the new Spider-Man trailer. People are losing their minds. Uh, we got a new Hulu miniseries, Pam and Tommy. They just dropped the trailer for that. As well as a new movie from Guillermo del Toro called Nightmare Alley. We're going to wrap all that up with a review of Ghostbusters Afterlife. The newest movie in the Ghostbusters franchise that does ignore some other ones, as franchises tend to do. They decide, they pick and choose what they want to do. And uh, this one's choosing to ignore uh, definitely the 2016 Ghostbusters. But before we get started, did you know there's a Tiger King Part 2 out? There's a Tiger King Part 2? There is a Tiger King Part 2. Like on Netflix or something? Oh yeah. I was shocked when I saw it. And you know what's funny? I don't feel compelled to watch it at all. Uh, I, I saw it. I turned on Netflix. It just started playing, you know, the little, they do the little uh, videos, the promo videos, and I was like, holy yeah. shit, we got more. But I'm pretty sure Joe Exotic is in prison the whole time, and I'm not sure I want to watch a Tiger King show without Joe Exotic. That it's, I mean, he is the Tiger King. Like, how, how can you have the Tiger King show without the Tiger King? I mean, yeah, that's exactly it. And then the rest of these people, now, you know, watching it the first time, it was like, I can't believe this is, like, real. Like, these are all people, like, living a real life, and they'll exist in the world like they're like what country is this like it's the united states like it's just crazy right (laughs) it's crazy all those realizations it's like oh my gosh i feel like florida its own like you know like they're in florida right they have to be i don't think they're i know carol baskin is in florida but i don't think everyone else is i'm pretty sure there are uh, other places because that's like its own place that's like not like i think the u.s of a does not want to because that's an island apparently now well, yeah, right? It's kind of just, it's so, DeSantis, right? That's the guy? That's the guy? Man, COVID's, <laughs> COVID's so crazy. I know governors in other states. That's wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like, I could know, because in his, like, in Joe Exotic's famous presidential campaign speech, where he's like, I'm gay, I'm broke as shit, and I got a settlement down there from some bitch down in Florida, which makes me <laughs> think that he is also not in Florida, because, yeah, I mean, we got to play that clip, too. I'm Joe Exotic, and today this is not going out to any kind of a presidential candidate or any politician of the purpose of this video today. He should let you know who I am. First thing is, I am not cutting my hair. I'm not changing the way I dress. I refuse to wear a suit. I am gay. I've had two boyfriends most of my life. I currently got legally married, thank God. It's finally legal in America. I've had some kinky sex. I have tried drugs through the younger years of my life. I am broke as shit. I have a judgment against me from some bitch down there in Florida. But I can tell you, I paid a fine with the USDA, and that is nothing but a civil fine, ladies and gentlemen. That does not mean that I was accused or convicted of any kind of animal cruelty thing. I built one of the biggest facilities and the nicest facilities for exotic animals in this country as far as a private individual goes. I'm Joe Exotic, and don't forget, I am now stepping my foot in the ring to run for president. And that's why, see, that clip is the exact reason <laughs> why, why this show without him, and it looks like there's some prison videos and, and, and some over-the-phone stuff where he's still an electric personality, albeit a scary one and someone who's probably better suited for prison and someone you wouldn't want to be your neighbor. Like, it's much more exciting. He's much more exciting. Like, you can't. You can't capture that anywhere else. Like I've had some kinky sex. Like what? Do you, what is going on? That was a presidential campaign <laughs> yeah. video. 
He was like doing the Eminem eight mile thing. Like, hey, you know what? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Here, tell these people something they don't know about me. Like, he was ready. He was going with like, I'm gonna hit him with the truth. He was going with that type of uh, <laughs> of uh, style. Like, oh, let's yeah. we're gonna be truthful tellers. Everyone's gonna know about everything I've ever done, so I can't yep. get in trouble. And uh, the people here are gonna love it. Yeah. And uh, and I'm gonna be upset if. There's not that many phone recordings or something of him in it because the things he says is just electrifying. They're all like bad things. He's a bad person. Oh, but yeah. everything he says, I just like I'm I'm just so fascinated with it. And I know there's a ton of like video footage that he recorded. Obviously, you know, you see that in, in the first Tiger King season. Mm. Um, because he was trying to be like a reality TV star. So I'm sure they'll have some like you know, some stuff that didn't make the cut the first time around. Um, yeah. Well, they lost a lot of it in the fire too. Remember? They, yeah. Oh shoot, that's true. But he was putting together like whole ass like news story, like nightly news <laughs> show yeah. for like seven, ten people online. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. This guy, he, you know, there's. Hey, look, they talk about hard work will get you somewhere, and you know, you could argue that he never would have got anywhere. But the bottom line is, he worked hard. Um, now, why he had a show on Netflix, it's not because he was working hard, but, I mean, Joe Exotic's the hardest worker in the room, bottom line. Yeah. You're, oh, yeah. you're creating a show nightly. You're creating relationships, relationships with people that are so deep that someone literally got their arm bit off, and they came to work, like, next week. And they, yeah. they were like, hey, yeah, don't worry about it, Joe. I'm not going to sue you or anything. I just want to keep working with these tigers that are trying to kill me. <laughs> it's insane. So he, in, yeah. in humane conditions. <laughs> yeah, he had two boyfriends, as he said in his presidential speech, and like they're, yeah. you know, he's keeping them hooked on drugs and everything, so they're sticking around. It, like this guy is out of control, bananas. Um, but the hardest worker in the room, you know, this someone I think The Rock is going to watch Tiger King and be like, he gets it. Like he's 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 up <laughs> at five a.m. working out in the gym in his own way, in his own way. Yeah, man. yeah. They're all bad people. Uh, but Joe Exotic, man, like. I just feel a little bad for him because, like, in the trailer, he, he just says something that's true. It's like, look, everyone's profiting, like, out of this. Everyone's making money, and I'm here in jail. Like, get me out of here. Like, yeah. I, I should have that life. This is all he ever wanted. Yeah, he just And it's just, just it's poetic paid. that he's just in jail. <laughs> he's just sitting in jail <laughs> while everyone's, like, getting interviews, you know, like, taking, like, that dude that's on that jet ski. I, man, he's he's slanging you know yeah. and uh it looks like he's like operating water sports right now like they got one picture of him on a jet ski that went viral and he's like yeah. all right i guess i'm a water sport guy now and he just changed everything about himself like it looked like he was <laughs> running out boats like, and stuff i don't know what was going on he probably got like a like a sunglass like you know a sponsorship or something <laughs> yeah. and joe exotic is trying to figure out you know like what his care package is gonna be oh, man, um, poor Joe. and if he could get pardoned he was trying to get pardoned too from uh trump right? yeah trump there was definitely office. and trump brought it up too that's and that's where you can't you know joe biden would never remember this guy's name but trump <laughs> yeah, you know, he was like, "I'll get the people talking." Those are those are the benefits of Trump. There's not many, and I'm not I'm not a Trump guy. But you know, those those moments where he's like, "Oh, Joe Exotic," I guess I got to look into that. Those are electric moments. So, it, one of the biggest rating hits um, of the coronavirus, aside from these briefings, has been a show on Netflix called uh, Tiger King. Yeah, and uh, the man who's the star of this is a former zoo owner who's serving a 22 year prison sentence. Uh, he's asking you for a pardon, saying he was unfairly convicted. Um, your son yesterday jokingly said that uh, you know he was going to advocate for it, and I was wondering if you've seen the show and if you have any thoughts on uh, pardoning uh, Joe. Exotic. Which son? It must be Don. 
I had a feeling it was Todd. Is that what he said? I don't know. I know nothing about it. He has 22 years for what? What did he do? allegedly hired someone to murder an animal rights activist, but he said that he didn't do that. And he was, you think he didn't do it? Are you on his side? Uh, well, I, are you, are you recommending sides, a pardon? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not advocating anything. As a reporter, you're not allowed to do that. You'd be criticized by these. Would you recommend a pardon? I'm not weighing in on time. I don't Cambridge. think you would. I don't think you would. Go ahead. Do you have a question? Like I'll take a look. Is that Joe Exotic? That's yeah. Joe Exotic. Uh, when the president yeah, of the United they, States they had a, just, like a limo set up for him too, just like <laughs> I don't know how partnership works, but they had a whole whole limo like just suited up, ready to go. Probably uh, one of his cool little hats or you know a little, little jacket. You know, maybe his boyfriend was there, just naked. Mm. Like, hey, like <laughs> <laughs> you won, baby, you won. Um, yeah. and, and but the hopefully, one, there's some more electrifying moments. He like season. married some guy. And then invited the mom of his last dead husband to the wedding. Didn't that happen in the first one? This guy's one? a savage. Oh, yeah. He's a Something savage. Something like that. Yeah, and, he's this guy's out and of control. They, like, did it more for, like, the pictures, right? Like, there's theories, like, they did it more for the pictures so everyone can feel a little bit better because his boyfriend freaking killed himself. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. 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 He was the one that killed himself. And then he moved on quickly, some people say. And so he invited the mom and took yeah. a weird picture. Yeah. Joe Exotic <laughs> moves on quickly. You don't keep a ravenous man like Joe Exotic down. <laughs> well, by the time you're hearing this, you maybe already watched it all, or maybe something went viral about it because, you know, damn well something might, because that show just took over a generation, man. Yeah. I know in our last episode, time. you were talking about Ted Lasso just inspiring a generation. Man, Tiger King during the quarantine, electrifying. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, we were all at home. It was a beautiful thing. It happened so that was like right at the end of March too. It was like, yeah, everything's shutting down. Like, what do we do? What do we do? It's like uh, we're about to introduce you to uh, Joe Exotic. I can't get over that guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I went to my parents' house and they were watching it in Spanish. She was oh, like, love uh, it. Language to Spanish. And my dad's like, yeah, I guess a paisa, dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it, was, it was into it. <laughs> He was like, he was trying to, like, he was looking up cubs, like, you know, how much they cost. I'm so pissed. Your dad would be like, I, <laughs> I can totally see your dad watching Tiger King and just walking away, like, hey, bro, we got to get a fucking tiger. <laughs> yeah. He was like, bro, I looked it up. It's like five grand. It's in Vegas. He's like, I'm, I'm on my way. He's like, I already talked to the guy. I'm like, bro, you move quick. Like, what are you doing, dude? Oh, that's amazing. I'm so, I'm so yeah. happy to hear that. Okay, so we got the Spider-Man trailer. Um, was this No Way Home, Far From Home? Which one's this called? Um, I, I don't know. Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man and the homies. Uh, Spider-Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man and uh, 99 Homes um, with Andrew Garfield. Okay, so Spider-Man trailer. People are freaking out. This was a big one. They, the, the last trailer, they leaked it online, and so they released it quicker than they wanted to. This mm-hmm. trailer, they had like a screening in L.A., Tom Holland was there, and then they released it online. So this all felt a lot more purposeful. Uh, people are losing their minds over this trailer. I, I think the biggest takeaways are the Sinister Six are all there. It's kind of like they were hinted at before. They're all confirmed now. I, I guess here, well, so this is going to be spoiler talk, right? Because there's already, Spider-Man is like the worst kept secret. But if you're not engaged with this kind of stuff online and you're still going to watch Spider-Man, you know, there's definitely things that you might not know, and there's maybe rumors going around. So there's some stuff that's already like leaked and confirmed, and that's and this is so this is big spoilers. If you don't want to hear them, just move on. But um, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire are going to be in this movie as Spider-Man. You know, it's a multiverse; they're all going to be there. There's definitely rumors. There's 
leaked pictures that came out a while back um, that they're like standing on some scaffolding. And now yeah. in this trailer, it's showing that scene around the scaffolding. So just kind of putting it all together. And there's a scene with the three big bads are coming out. What looks like one Spider-Man, but some online detectives have quickly pointed out that it's definitely going to be three Spider-Man going at him. And there's some movements going on. Uh, man, man, I know you're plugged in with the TikTok theories. Uh, what's going on with the Spider-Man situation? What's up with the people being edited out? Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, did this in some ways confirm that they are going to be there more so than we already knew? Yeah, it doesn't help, too, when they're on interviews and they get asked those questions and they hesitate and they maybe answer a little bit awkwardly. Mm. And Andrew Garfield, I think he's been interviewed a little bit more than Tobey Maguire. Yeah. And they've hit him with those questions and his answers are super questionable and they look up like, you know, this like TikTok police, like the investigators, like... um they're they're looking up like his mannerisms his smirks everything that he's saying uh tom holland he's like a big spoiler too mm. i think at that premiere he was talking about like oh well like willem dafoe like we could talk about willem right because he's in the trailer like yeah okay great cool yeah so he's you know the <laughs> goblin he's in there you know and they're theorizing that like oh this this could be like a different uh green goblin because there's a Green Goblin. You see him, Willem Dafoe, but then you see a different version of Green Goblin. Yeah, uh, which I don't know if you saw. I, I saw that. I saw that someone said, "Oh, two Green Goblins," and then he just started screaming because that's how TikTok shares information. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's and that's, then, but that's the video, but the scene that you're talking about where they're all jumping, it's Electro, uh, Sandman, and uh, 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 Lizard. They're jumping, and it's Tom Holland jumping, like like facing them. And it shows that one, I think, and Lizard gets hit. And you yeah. see his, his head definitely sway. You see, like, a punch is a punch. You know, you definitely see it. Um, and, uh, and then that's the big one in question. And then they're like, okay, this for sure confirms that it's going to be those three. Because there's no way it's three against one. So it, it, it confirm, they're confirming that, like, oh, it's going to be those three against, you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, plus Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. It would make sense. It would be three against three. And in the bottom, one of them is hitting them. Uh, Marvel's notorious for like editing people out in like trailers and then re putting them in uh, when the movie comes out. Um, and um, and some people say that, like, you know what? Like, that's fine that they still kept that in there. Someone figured it out because although you did not include Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield in the trailer, you still got the same effect. And that's the biggest thing that they want. Like if if they show Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, then it's kind of like oh, okay, great, all right, all this is over. So they're they're teasing. And, and to be clear, when we're talking about the guy gets hit, like he gets hit, but there's no one there. So he yeah. just he's jumping forward, and then you just see his face fly back as if someone hit him, but it's been edited out, which is what the Batman was saying. So just just in case that was unclear at all, he's being hit by no one, and so that's very exciting for everyone. And yeah, it gets people talking because there were some people that are like. Marvel messed up, and it's like, bro, you think they edited out two Spider-Mans and then would leave that in there? No, that was totally done on purpose. They know people are going to talk about it, and yeah. you're right about getting the same effects. Like that's the whole point. You you want that same effect? You want the conversation? You want everyone making these stupid TikTok videos where they're just screaming in front of a camera? You want all that? You want all that press? <laughs> and so they're doing it. And uh, yeah, I mean, Spider-Man it looks cool. You can't knock the nostalgia factor here, right? I mean, I remember being in, I think, seventh grade and, you know, sneaking in like we had two tickets and we got seven people in the theater on those two tickets, just walking back out, bringing two people. Yeah, in. that's man. And, what a dream. Yeah. And, and like it just and just watching the movie with a bunch of friends and 
packed theater, Tobey Maguire, and just kind of being blown away, right? Like, Spider-Man, when, when it came out, was such a big, such a massive movie. I think it was the number one movie at all, of all time, you know, like opening weekend, and it, it was just huge. It was huge. And the superhero movies have lost that, I don't know, in my, in my mind, you know, they continue uh-huh. to be very profitable. But they've they've lost that kind of uh, just spark that they had. You know, I was also in seventh grade, so maybe that has something to do with it. But um, this movie has got me excited, and I, I mean, it's you know, I was I was you know, Eternals was coming out, whatever, didn't care. Shang Chi was coming out, although I enjoyed it, didn't care. Black Widow, same thing. Like it, it was whatever. I could take them or leave them. Didn't mean much. Spider Man is doing it for me. I, I'm hyped for this movie. Yeah, it's it, it it is highly anticipated. It's it's like um, I would put it up there in the tier of like End Game or like Infinity War, uh, the freaking Captain America versus Iron Man one or whatever, like. These are big movies, big, big movies. And uh, Spider-Man is so important in like the MCU. And I was reading an article earlier about him taking over, you know, Tony Scar uh Tony Stark as like the soul of the franchise, as the soul of like the MCU. Um mm. and that that gets me pretty excited because we're that means we're gonna get Tom Holland for like ever, you know, because he's so young. And uh like, like a, a whole nother decade of like Tom Holland. And Spider-Man movies, then I'm I'm all down for. Hopefully, they can figure this out. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So let's see. Next up, we got a Hulu miniseries coming out. It's been a while since we talked about a miniseries. Uh, this one's Pam and Tommy. Obviously, I'm talking about uh, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee Jones. Just kidding, Tommy Lee. There we go. I don't know why it's Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee. Um, That'd be wild, huh? Yeah. Six tape of him and Pam. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so this is the story revolving around the release of the infamous Pam Anderson, Tommy Lee sex tape. And so essentially it looks like, so it looks like, and and I'm not sure the way the true story went down, um, but it looks like the Seth Rogen and Nick Offerman characters, like rob, uh, their house and kind of steal a bunch of stuff from them. And then they just find this tape and they watch the tape and then they obviously sell the tape or distribute it. However they did. And this trailer, it, it, so it looks like a movie first. I'm kind of excited. It's a miniseries, see how it plays out. Seth Rogen and Nick Offerman look like terrific scumbags. They just look like, <laughs> they just look like good dirt bags. They get the hair, yeah. the facial hair. It's all, it's funny. It's funny how Seth Rogen and Nick Offerman can just fall into that role so easily. And then we got Lily James playing uh, Pamela Anderson, who looks, I mean, just incredible. Like it's pretty much spot on. And we were talking about it a little bit before, spot on. And um, she also played, it just cracked me up that she was Cinderella in 2015, Disney Cinderella. And uh, Lily James, and now she was, uh, you know, well, she was Cinderella for a lot of other men in the 80s uh, for different reasons. So, you know, there's that. And then we have Sebastian Stan, who uh, is our Marvel prince here, and he does, he kind of looks like Tommy Lee. He kind of looks like, honestly, it reminds me of like uh, Kourtney Kardashian. Hanging out with uh, Travis Barker, all of a sudden she's just wearing a bunch of like rocker oh. stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. it kind of, yeah, it kind of. I think I said it looks like Sebastian Stan is uh, dressed up as Tommy Lee for Halloween versus he Damn. is him. But you know, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I mean, what's your thoughts on this uh, Pam and Tommy trailer? No, I'm I'm excited. Authenticity is like my favorite thing, mm. and I get so caught up in these freaking miniseries, these shows where they're like in. In the past, 
I think Ryan Murphy does a good job with that in his American Horror like mm. like stories and American Crime Story. Like all the American Crime stories are like older ones. And I, I like I said, I just finished watching Impeachment and I freaking yeah. loved. But just like the costume, you know, like the set setup, like just the way the look and the feel is, I freaking love it. I I buy in almost always a hundred percent. And uh, and I'm excited to watch you know this play out at at this different time and place. It, it almost makes me believe it more than if it were be happening like right now. Um, it's like oh, this happened in the past. You can pretty much tell me anything, and I'll just believe it, and I'll look it up and see how many factual errors there are. Yeah. But I'm not going to care because the story uh, that they sold me on was was a good story. Um, <laughs> I like that you started this whole uh, section with saying I love authenticity, authenticity. and ended <laughs> yeah. it with. I really just like a well-told lie. Um, and that's it. That's <laughs> hey, give okay. me that. As long as it feels authentic. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. And it has to be with the costume department. Pam Anderson, this is Pam Anderson. You're like, she yeah. looks just like Pam Anderson. And I love it. Tom Lee, unfortunately, is just that tattoos. Like, they're just a little bit too dark, like a little bit too black, where mm. it just looks like they just slapped like them Sharpie. on and kind of pasted them on. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I, I think Sebastian Stan... Uh, could be funny, and so I think his role here is right, like to be funny or be like kind of like a, you know, probably the c- c- comedic relief here, maybe, right? I don't, I don't know. think just uh, just I don't a, think I'm a well uh, rock star uh, is pretty much all he's supposed to do. <laughs> be a rock star, yeah. Um, Tommy Lee's a goofball. That's why I, I think he'll be funny. I think he'll be he'll be cool. And then you know, uh, Pam is going to be Pam, and uh, Seth Rogen and Nick Offerman. Uh, those guys are going to be probably some people that I kind of hate but because oh. they come from a comedic background I'm going to love them uh, I'm going to like who yeah. they are in this movie and um, and you know it just transformed me back you know like the the Pam and Tommy Lee sex tape like was crazy I remember being a kid mm. and all my older cousins were like talking about it I didn't even know who they were Yeah, I didn't know who um, Tommy Lee was I don't know who Pam Anderson was okay. other than Baywatch that's the only thing that I really knew yeah. Um. But I. But I just knew like everyone was walling out about it, just like they were walling out about like you know China's sex tape and you know, celebrity sex tapes are the worst, man. And uh, I remember this being a huge deal. So I, I, I'm excited to watch it play out and watch actually, you know, like hopefully, like what what happened and kind of the aftermath uh, of it. So this sex tape came out in 1995. So when you were four, you remember your cousins talking about this? Yes. That's wild. Well, I no, well, was no, 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 not when, when I was four. Okay, no, not when I was four. Like <laughs> older. Like I, you know, I'm like, I'm like older. Like when, like when I, my cousins or whatever were talking about this. This probably had already came out five years ago or something. Okay, so there, yeah, it was like one. Of, it was just one of those things. Like, hey, you know, Pam? Yeah, dude, she was a freaking. Yeah, she's a porn star. I'm like, well, Pam, man, what? Like, that's no. Yeah, it was like, yeah, she's got a porno. Like, what? That's weird. Okay. So, yeah, just like China. I'm like, what? Like, what is this with this world? Like, this is not the world I would live in. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> okay. And, uh, <laughs> all right. And, but that's just them having access to the internet. I mean, they probably had access to the internet at that age. And I happened to be like, about like nine or something. Yeah. I mean, hey, no, that's cool. Cause I'm like, man, I, I was, um, I was six when this, uh, sex tape was released. And I was like, man, I feel bad for you. Cause- because I had no idea. Because I was six, right? Like so. When it first dropped, no, of course yeah. not. It does when it first dropped, I wasn't that aware. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that well, was going. Yeah. I didn't know people were doing that. I didn't know that was even a thing. Yeah, you were four. You should not. Yeah, have. when it first dropped. Yeah, Just hanging no, out, I, living life. That's why, like later, they had access to the internet, and they're like, "Wow, like, look, this is crazy, huh? We're so cool. <laughs> we're adults." 
Yeah, and I'm just but, there, like, hanging out with the older cousins, just trying to be cool. There you go. Hey, and that's that's life, brother. Um, and so, look, you know, this is it's definitely a part of pop culture, right? The uh, Pam and Tommy Lee sex tape. And yeah. it, it makes sense that they, they're making a show about it. Uh, we'll see how Hulu does. I don't know if Hulu, I was going to say, I don't know if Hulu's known for any shows, but they, they got some haters on there. They've got some Emmys under their belt. It's just that none that I've really gravitated to. But, you know, hey, I'm going to watch it. And I, I like Seth Rogen a lot. I really, really, for me, what sets this apart is the Seth Rogen, Nick Offerman. Uh, it's directed by the same director who did I, Tanya, And it really has, it felt like I, Tanya, Kind of these two, like, idiots, like, criminal, not masterminds, but trying to be criminal yeah. masterminds. Like, I, it looked like I was watching a deleted scene from I, Tanya, Just the way they were operating. And I really liked I, Tanya. I really liked um, kind of the way... Those characters played and Paul Walter Hauser, I think is his name in there, just absolutely yeah. hilarious. But was not- Sebastian Stan in, in that one too? Yeah, Sebastian Stan is in the movie, uh, but really, you know, that's Margot's movie, right? So it, it's, but it, it made me, it gave me that same feel. Like right when it said I Tanya, the trailer played out, and I was like, I felt yeah. I Tanya there. So you know, obviously Margot Robbie not in this show, but we got some hitters there, and we got the Sebastian Stan uh, reunion with the director. So it's gonna be fun. Hulu, check it out. When is that coming out? Do we know? Oh, February 2, 2022. February 2nd. Gee, whoa. Super Bowl or uh, Pam and Tommy? What are <laughs> we watching? It? What's going on? It's going to be like, hopefully it's like right after the Super Bowl. It just drops. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. Like right after Super Bowl, something else is going on. I just, yeah. Just knowing you personally, like the thought of you doing anything after the Super Bowl besides drinking more or sleeping, I just know that's not going to happen. But <laughs> uh, hey, there was a year when the office played afterwards, and you know what? If you if there's something you're really looking forward to after something, then you're gonna make moves and commit to that. Well, how old were you? Last when that year there happened? was nothing. Years before that, there was nothing. How old were you when the office was airing? That was in 2005. Is when it started. So I want to say this episode was probably around 2007. Okay, so I must have been yeah, around, like 16. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was not drinking. <laughs> it's all right, bro. Let's see. All right. So next up, we got a trailer here for Nightmare Alley. This is the uh, newest movie from Guillermo del Toro, uh, starring. This is, so this has got crazy cast, right? Uh, I have a couple thoughts about Guillermo del Toro. They're not strong opinions, but I'm just going to say them strongly anyway. But this movie starring Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Rooney Mara, Willem Dafoe. Um, it, it's a powerhouse, right? Ron Perlman's in there too. In uh, the synopsis here is an ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people. With a few well-chosen words, hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. Uh, now, this is a s- short trailer, and bless it for that. Because if I see another three-minute teaser, I'm going to like put my head through a wall. But it's a minute and 29 seconds. Thank goodness. It, was, it looks super cool. It looks intense. And I have no idea what's going on. So much so that when I was watching it, it seemed like it was about this like, half-man, half-beast person. Yeah, and then I read the synopsis, and it's apparently about a carny and his psychiatrist. I was like, "Wait, what's going on?" My problem with Guillermo del Toro, though, and I think what makes this a little different is because they didn't advertise this as like a pure horror movie, but a lot of his movies are like, "This is the scariest movie I've ever seen. This is the scariest movie. This is this. This is that." I feel like it gets sold as like these these really intense horror movies, and what you get is kind of like a stylized thriller. 
And I'm like, well, stop saying it's the scariest movie you've ever seen because it's just not. It's just not scary at all. But it's like kind of, it's got some style. It's very unique. And he has a unique vision for sure. Like a Guillermo del Toro movie, you know it when you see it. But they're not scary. And so I just hated the way they were advertised. And then when they come out, I'm always kind of disappointed. Um, the Shape of Water, I actually did enjoy. I thought it was pretty solid. But, I mean, man, some of these movies and Hellboy, I don't really care about. So there's been a lot of movies from him that I just don't care about. But this actually looks cool. And shout out Bradley Cooper. Anything with him in it, I'm ready for. Which ones did you thought was scary? Like, Pan's Labyrinth is like the only one. No, Maybe. no, but I'm telling you. So Pan's Labyrinth, I think, it opened up this thing, right? And, and so Pan's Labyrinth is... I mean, it's not scary because there's subtitles, right? At least that's how I felt when I was a kid. Uh, I, I understand it's like a bad take, and it's just like a very American take, right? But it's just how I felt as a kid. I was like, oh, this is cool, you know, as I'm reading. Um, but here, let me see. Let me pull up his uh, IMDb, see what he's done. Because I don't think they're scary. That's the thing. Like, I don't find them scary. They're, I feel yeah, like they no, get advertised. It's like, whoa. No, I get you. I, I, I know his movies have that feel where it's like creepy and um, he freaking has Doug Jones playing these like weird ass freaking people. Um, so that doesn't like that adds to an element of like creepiness. But um, but no, but Crimson Peak. I'm looking, huh? Crimson Peak. Crimson. Oh, Crimson Peak. Okay, so really? Okay, so here, new take, new yeah. take, new correct take. I don't like the way they advertise Crimson Peak, and I've been holding yeah. that against this man for a long time. Also, yes. I don't like Pacific Rim. Boom. Pacific Rim was a lot of fun. And that's nothing like those are my like takes. robots beating big ass kaiju monsters, dude. That was I loved Pacific Rim. The second one was tr- trash. Mm. He should have directed the second. So yeah, it's really really just Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak felt like they were like, oh, you'll never be more scared in the theater than watching Crimson Peak. I watched it and I was like, "Yeah, I'm good, guys. I I got through it. So I figured it out." <laughs> like, yeah, not scary at all. <laughs> <laughs> they got rid of the subtitles, but uh, still, uh, no, nah, not for no. me. But you know what? Yeah, There's something he- else. Wait, hold on. There's another. He did something else. Maybe he just like produced it. I like, thought. I think he produced Mama. I don't, did you see Mama? You know what? It's scary, scary stories to tell in the dark. It's also that. Oh, he like produced that one. Yeah. I'm giving him. See, I've been holding oh, a lot of resentment using over that. His name, yeah. Put some respect on his name. So look, I. But I'm excited for this movie, regardless. Even though I thought I hated him for more things, I'm still excited for this movie. Shape of Water, I I, I like too, but it was also I think advertised a little bit differently. I don't know it's gonna be that much of a romance. Oh, it's yeah. like a straight up romance. Yeah, um, it's got Michael but, Shannon though. I'm a huge fan of Michael Shannon. He's a goon. Yeah, he's awesome, and it's got a. a freaking aquatic creature that's in love with someone yeah um, talk about sex tapes am i right <laughs> <laughs> let's go <laughs> i wish i was younger than that draft i would have <laughs> would have loved it <laughs> i would have been like wow that's crazy i didn't know fishes could do that um yeah i mean i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty pretty freaking excited for this this is uh looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun it's coming out this year too i didn't know this movie was even being made i i had nothing i don't know if they released a trailer in the past or a poster or anything but um this is going to come out in like freaking two weeks or something three weeks so it's just exciting that i i got it and i'm gonna get it pretty soon um i love carny stuff i love carnival Mm -hmm. stuff i love like there's so much things that happen there and unfortunately uh a lot of people die (laughs) there's a lot of stories that 
that you never really heard because everyone they just killed. I feel like they yeah. just kill so many carnies. Like every, every like there's Move so many towns. good stories. People cross over, yeah. People cross over, and you know some some people, you know, they live a good life. They find a little town and they, you know, they just handle it. Other people, they join the carnival circus, right? Yeah, dude. Get like, murdered on trains. Isn't that crazy? But I mean, if you yeah. keep moving, like you keep pushing, like yeah, if you kill your neighbor, they're gonna figure it out. But if you go to Arizona and kill someone and then fly back, you're good. Don't yeah. kill anyone. Is what I'm saying. But like, <laughs> you know, they're they're sitting here. These carnies are just going. I've not been to Arizona, by the way, so don't like. No one needs to look into anything. Um, well, not recently. But yeah, I mean, they're literally in the town for like a week. Then they, you know, they murder someone. They keep pushing. Yeah. It's a scary. Yeah, cut yeah. expense. Yeah, dude, you gotta that, cut expense. I, I don't know if you saw uh, them and priests. water for elephants. <laughs> yeah. killing these damn carnies. Robert Pattinson was trying to make a change. And they're just like, oh man, we we can't pay every employee. I'm like, oh, I'll just kill three of them. Okay, cool. Let's keep pushing. <laughs> you're like, hey, whatever happened to Jonah? But oh, you know, I, I think yeah. you found someone, fell in love uh, back in Colorado. Yeah. I was like, okay, all right, <laughs> I guess. There's no internet here. <laughs> we yeah, we don't know. Out. I know, um, but no, I mean, it's all that the cast here is is stellar and. Uh, Will, Willem Dafoe and Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Bradley Cooper. I mean, yes. And then there's, you know, little side characters like you already talked about. And they're going to be awesome. I think it's going to be a great movie. Um, I, I don't know if I'm sold on it, though, being like a top movie of the year. But uh, mm. it definitely has a lot of potential. Um, and then when you slap Neo Noir in front of a psychological thriller, like it just adds an extra element that I, you know, generally gravitate to. Let's hop into our review here of Ghostbusters Afterlife, a movie that I was actually pretty excited to uh, sink my teeth into. I'm not. Are you a big Ghostbusters fan? The originals, or yeah, okay. Well, let me say that again. Uh, yes to the first one, Ghostbusters two. I don't think I saw. Okay, but the first one I, I saw a lot. All right. Okay. Cool. So you like Ghostbusters? I saw it the first time I saw it. I think it was uh, like 13 or 14. And I remember thinking like, oh, okay, cool. Is that? Eh. Not so much. I don't really have strong feelings for it. Uh, just kind of one of those that I saw, and I've moved on with my life. That being said, you know I'm all about like reinventing something. I'm all about making something new. I really mm-hmm. like the poster for this movie too, and like yeah. the colors in it. Like it kind of had like a deep green, um, which I, may sound dumb to someone, but I just I just love that poster. Did it have orange? Yeah, it had. It had a mix of everything. It's the one with the car. Like in the, yeah. the grass, like when there's like a theory with these posters, if they're ha- they usually have green or orange, and it just makes you more attractive to like the poster itself. All right, well, you'll see a compilation of green and orange in posters. I'm gonna look up this poster real quick because I refuse to think that I'm being tricked by funny colors. I think you got tricked a little bit. No, nah, no, nah, there's no fucking way. All right, no, nah, this is badass. I don't see you don't see posters like this. There's no orange in this. Here we go. There is some orange. There is some orange. Look, all right. But no, 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 no. No, there's all right. Well, here it's like on the color wheel and stuff. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you a picture of the poster. I'm right. send you a picture of the green and orange poster compilation, and then when the episode drops, we'll uh, put it in so that people can know that they're being tricked. None of these greens are that. No, this yeah. is blue and orange. This is blue and orange. Yeah. Well, there's blue in the poster too. 
Bro, but that's not, bro. It's a I, mixture of it's. Okay. It's like no, that no, no. look. No, I'm, look I look at am, the other ones. Look at the other ones. I've never felt more validated. All right, look. It fits right in. No, no, no. Right I mean, I'll, so you sent me a picture of. Let's see. Was there? This is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Twenty-one posters. None of them have that green in it. Look at Born Identity one. It's a little greeny. No, Born Identity is one hundred percent blue and orange. Look up a uh, cable. Was that? Oh, Eagle Eye. Mm-hmm. You, bro, what are you? We're looking at the same post. What are you colorblind? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, there's there's no green. Well, you know when blue and orange come together, they make green. So it's still no, it doesn't. It, it created a bigger effect. I think if you look in the color wheel, you'll you'll see how you got tricked. So I am here to say <laughs> that I feel vindicated. Um, clearly, I said that I was excited about the green specifically. Um, it <laughs> yeah. is the green of a ghost, and they use it in multiple posters in the Ghostbusters one that are not in this thing that you sent me. But I do see what you're saying here. The blue and orange thing is real, for sure. I, I was tricked. I looked up on Google. I put green and orange poster theory, and then they gave me that one. Yeah, and that's but yeah, it, but it's clearly blue. You are correct. Clearly blue, and so and that's all I'm just saying is that I. But yeah. I'm also correct too. No, 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 you were incorrect. <laughs> you, you made me feel like I was just being tricked by marketers. And I was like, no, I'm a free thinker, brother. I'm a free thinker. <laughs> I like the green. <laughs> and that's all. All right, but anyway. So, yeah. So, I've been, I've been gravitating towards this green as an independent free thinker uh, okay. since I saw this poster. <laughs> and... <laughs> and so I just thought, but I thought the trailer looked cool. I'm a big Finn Wolfhard guy. And yeah. not, not to sound, this might sound weird, so I apologize if it does. But his not like, weirder than uh, Pam Anderson. <laughs> totally. Yeah. His uh, his physique, right? Like the way he looks, like he's gonna be playing like Tommy Lee in these movies in the next like ten years. <laughs> like this kid is a stick. Dude, he looks like a rock star who's yeah. been like doing heroin the whole time. Like he, yeah, he definitely just looks like a rock star. So all these like all these MGK roles, these like Pete Davidson roles. Like, if he goes even remotely towards, like, yeah, I smoke weed sometimes, that, guy, that kid's going to be a druggie in every movie for I the know. rest of his life. <laughs> Gets ear piercing. Like, yeah, that's all he needs to do. It's like he's so close. Right now, he's still just a kid in Stranger Things, but anything can happen. Let's see. All right, Ghostbusters Afterlife. That was a lot of, a lot of preface for, for that movie. This is directed by Jason Reitman, um, son of Ivan Reitman, who directed the first one. This is kind of like a family affair. And I think the reason they were able to get uh, all, you know, three of the original cast members, in the, or more, I think five of the original cast members in the movie, because Jason Reitman wrote and directed this new one. So Ivan Reitman, if you guys don't know, did the first one. Jason Reitman has done movies like Thank You for Smoking, uh, Up in the Air. He did Juno, right? He's done a lot of really good movies, actually. Oh, yeah. I like, I, I love his uh, filmography. And I love everything he's directed. And so this is almost a little out of the ordinary for him. Uh, this is more of like a big budget experience, but it's the one his dad started. So it makes sense yeah. that he would kind of take it up. Oh, he also did the front runner. Fun fact. It's a, hey, I just saw the movie recently. Um, yeah. Good movie. That's yeah, all right. It wasn't that great, but it was okay. Damn, that was a little roller coaster. No, nah, well, it, like, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was just not like amazing. Right. It was just, it was yeah. just a good experience and you'd never watch it again. Okay, so Ghostbusters, all right, so this movie's pretty new, and we're recording a little earlier than normal, so right now we have the critic score at 63%, and the audience score at a uh, nothing, there's nothing there, because the movie's not out yet, so hey, hey, uh, we had those uh, early screeners, though, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And uh, movie starring uh, Finn Wolfhard, Kenna Grace, Carrie Coon, 
Let's see Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson all in there, along with Sigourney Weaver. Oh, we got Logan Kim playing podcast. What a goon. Um, oh, Andy Potts also back. Oh, Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd. That's the one I was looking for. I was like, who else am yeah. I missing? And Paul Rudd coming in, kind of honestly saving the day a little bit. I'm a big fan of the Paul Rudd character. Uh, Matt, man, how did you feel about Ghostbusters Afterlife? Are we? Are you a fan? What's going on? Oh, big fan. Big fan. I really enjoyed it. Uh, when I was talking to you about it a little bit, you know, before we started recording, I was saying how like whimsical like the score is, and you're like, bro, that's yeah. 80s. You know, they're just like that's just back in the day. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? It is like it just it it put me right into the feel where I knew I was gonna have a fun experience. Um, yeah, but you know what? Too, it's still toned down because I feel like this movie has a little bit more of a serious tone, and it, they kind of wanted it to go that way. It's more of like a horror movie than some of the previous ones. And but it still had that whimsical vibe, but you realize it's still vastly different from the original because once the credits hit and the Ghostbusters theme starts, you're like, oh, this is the most whimsical thing I've ever heard. Like you're literally like dancing in your seat after like people were just possessed and you know ghosts and demons and who knows yeah. what. But uh, but yeah, so it's although it did have that whimsical '80s vibe, it still wasn't nearly as whimsical as I feel like it was when it first came out. So I don't know, but yeah. it's interesting though. But yeah, I mean, I agree. It had a very unique soundtrack. Yeah, but I, but um, but more than anything, like, so the feel was already in it for me. I I loved the feel. I I loved um, I felt nostalgic, but still like current. Um, uh, but I really liked the um the performances of like McKenna Gracie and uh and 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 Finn, you know, and and yeah. the rest of the kids. Podcast too. What a, what what a freaking legend. Oh yeah. Um. Their their chemistry just worked out really well with one another and also with the adults too. It always helps when you have someone like Paul Rudd, which I feel like you could just plug him into anything and he'll just he'll mesh right in. He'll fit right. He'll yeah. do you know what what you want him to do and make everything feel a little bit better. And he did a good job, you know, being this like teacher. Even though you don't really see much of him, everything you saw of him was everything you wanted, and it worked out. It was good. Yeah. Same thing with the mom too, Carrie Coon. Uh she like i don't think i've seen her in much things but she did pretty fine like i i kind of liked it like i I don't think like anyone was a bad actor in this movie and all the callbacks all the throwbacks were were good and me being a fan of the original and you know you got bill murray dan Aykroyd, and ernie hudson um you know they make an appearance and i i think it was good and tasteful and not um like I don't think it dragged it down. I'm, I'm reading some reviews and stuff where people are saying it dragged it down. I feel like for me it was it was fine. Did I cry? Yeah, I cried. Yeah, yeah. You got freaking uh, really freaking Harold Ramis in it. I, oh yeah, you didn't cry. Well, no, no heart, I bro. I yeah, cried. I I freaking. But I'm a huge like Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray like fan because of SNL. I just love them, and uh, I don't I don't think you know the the third act dragged it down people are saying it did I'm, I'm curious to think how you felt but um but no i mean overall for, for me it was it was fine it was a good film and and it was awesome like i i, I really enjoyed it yeah no i mean I, so I, it's something i think it dragged it down but when it happened i was like all right well okay like it felt it did feel a little unnecessary for like a kid's movie huh yeah it kind of yeah, like a kid's movie feel yeah it took you out of it a little bit where i was like oh you're kind of digging it and like the whole the whole vibe towards the end all kind of felt like a kid's movie with, I, I mean, I guess spoilers, you know, but like Paul Rudd's kind of possessed, the mom's kind of possessed. Like there's, you know, there's these moments and, and it, it did look a little 
it looked like it could have been a scene from like Goosebumps, the one with Jack Black that just came out recently. Oh, like, okay. As much as they tried to, I think, make it a little scary, I think the first scene with the mom where she's sitting in the chair and the kids are kind of figuring out what's going on, that was a little terrifying. But then after that, as it continues, it kind of gets a little campy. It is what it is. It's people yeah. shooting ghosts with lasers and beams, and you, you can only do so much. It. You yeah, can only do so much, it. right? So I still enjoyed that. I think Finn Wolfhard and McKenna Grace, uh, they, they really held their own. Yeah, for sure. The two kids. I couldn't. Yeah. I mean, Logan Kim, you're talking about the kid named Podcast. Huge fan of his. Um, as we're recording a podcast right now. He's There's like the a moment, of the too. too. Yeah, he, he's so great. Like the heart. Yeah. There's a moment where he's talking to McKenna Grace, Phoebe in the movie. And she says, like, oh, maybe I could listen to your podcast one time. And you see, like, his eyes just light up. He's like, really? And he hands her, like, a flash drive, and he says, the show really finds its voice on episode 46, which I just loved. And I I just, that moment, I just, I don't know, you can't take it away. And you know, yeah. as I know, whenever oh, yeah. people are like, hey, the podcast this, or the podcast that, I listen to the podcast, there's no better feeling. There's no better yeah. feeling in the world. So, any of you guys that engage with us, talking about the podcast, just know that we love you, and uh, we appreciate you. And uh, please continue to do so, because it's super fun. And this movie just I just brought me in that moment where I felt his joy. When he was like shocked, yeah. I feel that same shock. I'm like, really? You do? Okay, great. So just shout out Podcast because he definitely added at least 10 points more to this movie than it would have got just because I loved him so much. And I also love they didn't like need to like dive into like, oh, let's have him be like romantically involved or like deep whatever yeah it's like no. hinted here and there but they didn't go that and i i just loved it because it, yeah you know, sometimes stuff like that takes away from the overall movie and uh and they didn't need to it was it was fun yeah. it, it was it was a lot of fun paul rudd really i, I loved paul rudd in this movie uh oh, i yeah. think he's kind of funny you know even there's him walking into walmart and i was like only paul rudd would walk into a walmart like this like that yeah that scene too with the little marshmallow men like it was just it was perfect it was it was fun it was a great way to introduce that like chaos is here Right, like it just—it was so good, and they're—they're just killing themselves and out of control. I hope there's deleted scenes, extended scenes um, with those marshmallows. I could have had a whole like sausage party type movie, or like sausage party (laughs) mixed with like Despicable Me, or just the minions, but it's marshmallows killing each other. Wow, Amen, Dubs. Like Hollywood's (laughs) listening right now. They're—they're gonna freaking yes. You're gonna see a like a special at least. They don't give us like a christmas special next year with these little guys like <laughs> i mean uh uh like a halloween special like then they're Whatever. missing out i'll take all of it um you know but so yeah but overall i think the movie it works right like, i did enjoy it um i think it did lose its footing in the third act uh as a lot of movies do it's hard to end movies it's really it's really fun to start them uh, it seems to be a trend with uh movies but yeah i thought the action was cool for the most part especially the scene where they're driving around town and it's just them going after that one ghost. I thought the effects yeah. looked really good. Yeah. Um, and, and I think once you get down to like the demon dogs and stuff, it kind of, for me, lost a little luster personally. But, you know, this is also a movie where that started with just a big ass like uh, marshmallow man running around town. So, you know, it, it is staying true to its roots. I think I just, uh, yeah, third act fell apart a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some backstory with like just who I am. <laughs> Because the third act, gets, it does get like kind of like a kid's movie feel. Mm. And sometimes when you just have the kids carrying like, you know, the the weight here, uh, it, it, it could be a little like annoying, I, I, which I don't think this was at all. But uh, I don't no. know if you saw like Goonies or like uh, 
the Lost Boys. Like there's yeah. there's like moments where they like the kids are kind of running the show here and mm. like, with the adults and there's a lot of yelling, a lot of, of like, oh my god, like a lot of excitement. Yeah. And it could get kind of like you know, weird. Um well not weird, but just distracting. And and, and uh I I, I could see how how someone could see the same way uh, with this like in, in this third act, but I for me I I it was fine. Yeah, I didn't feel that way because huh? the kids were doing it. It was more just like the the effects, like the the dog demon yeah. things, like Paul Rudd's eyes was that practical? Red like, and the other it, the mom's eyes red. It all just kind of looked a little campy, I guess. And so it wasn't it wasn't just that it was kids. I mean. You know, I saw it, right? Like, they didn't, you know, I didn't feel like, hey, this is turning into a kid's movie. Yeah. I don't know. But it wasn't the kids. It was literally, like, the effects, everything about it. Just kind of... Because I got a practical effect feel from the dogs at Walmart. I loved it. I thought that was cool. Ooh, the dog at Walmart? Very cool. Right? He's, like, running back and forth, throwing everything to the side. That was cool. Uh, the dogs at the end? Not as cool. Uh, okay. Now, why it felt that way? I don't know. It's just, maybe it's because it's happening, like, in a cave, too. I don't know. You know, it's just... Well, yeah, it gets some, like that's it keeps getting it more and more really... removed from reality, right? The more it gets removed from reality, the less I buy in. This dog tearing up a Walmart, sign me up. I've been to Walmart. I know what it's like. So I, maybe that's a part of it. I don't know. But I love the Walmart scene. I love the dog chasing Paul right through, even though, of course, he's not going to get away. You know, like, you know, he gets to his car, so whatever. It's fine. But, uh, and that's just the way movies are. Yeah. I don't know. Just that's all I want to say. So, surprise cameos with Olivia Wilde, J.K. Simmons, and like I said, uh, Harold Ramis, uh, which made me cry. Um, but I was happy that I saw them, and I think they were cool. I wish I would have saw more of J.K. Simmons, but um, mm. I don't know if you saw what happened to him. <laughs> it <was pretty> <laughs> yeah, it's a wrap. I was like, damn. <laughs> and then I, I was like, who is his? Who is this person? And then it was Olivia Wilde. I was like, oh, okay. I had no idea. But uh, oh, and Josh Gad is Muncher. Which uh, they were trying to create like a, a Slimer, you know? They're like, "Hey, let's yeah. let's have a Slimer version in this movie. Let's have someone that people are gonna, you know, feel comfortable with or like really gravitate with, like Slimer did." Uh, but they had Josh Gad, and he voiced Muncher, and uh, he was he was all right. Yeah, I feel like people so, so. people wish there was a little bit more ghosts in this movie. You don't see that many ghosts. Yeah, it's I was yeah, hoping movie. for more ghosts, yeah. less like demon dogs. I think for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Well, how do you how do you want to rate this movie, man? Man, uh, we got we got some options here for sure. We got um, ecto like ecto blasters, ecto ones, um, and we got four, um, we got eviction notices. We could do uh, <laughs> uh, lion cooks. Those cooks were rough in the back. You can do marshmallow man. I like that. I'm down do for whatever you want, Dubs. Walmart. I like marshmallow man actually. I'm, I'm down for marshmallow man. because well, they're just completely comfortable. Should we stay like mini mini stay puffed? Mini Stay Puff, yes. Right. Well, so we'll rate this by Mini Stay Puffs. All right, you want you want yes. to start us off with your rating, brother? Yeah, I'm gonna hit you with 85 Mini Stay Puffs. Oh, okay. A big old eight five. Really enjoyed this movie. Really good. Um, some of the criticisms I understand. Some of them I don't. But uh, I I think uh, at the end of it, it's it's a, it's a lot of fun. Definitely a yeah. lot of fun. You're gonna enjoy it. Um, and three word review is uh, did Daddy proud? Uh, because Ooh. um. He, I, I think, um, uh, Jason Raymond really um, made a great c- complimentary movie to the one his dad did. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna go with 
from our review here, I'm going to do 74 Stay Puffed um, Marshmallow Men out of 100. And I, I liked the movie. I thought it was, thought it was a ton of fun. Uh, I think there's definitely some stuff here that people are going to enjoy. And yeah, uh, I, I think it's good. I, I think the third act could have been better. I think there could have been more ghosts. Yeah, 74. I still liked it a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, um, Ivan Reitman, when he screened the movie, yeah, he burst into tears afterwards, you know, when it because his son made it. So clearly in the family, they're, you know, proud of each other and happy that it came out. And I, I think it's going to do well in the cinema. Hopefully there's going to be more of these. Uh, I do like the universe. I like the world. And uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for more. I like kind of the new spin on it. And uh, I like that it's not New York. I like the rural vibe as well. So, yeah. Uh, and my three-word review for this is going to be uh, needs more green. You know, there's a lot of green in the poster that I really gravitated to. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> felt like the movie didn't have as much green as I was hoping for. It's a very unique color. Um, no, so my three-word review here is uh, going to be uh, rural antics play. And that's, I think, that the biggest thing this movie had going for it is that it's not another New York Ghostbusters movie. I love the vibe of it. I like the small town vibe. I like him, you know, like trying to get a job, trying to fill out a job application and get a job sitting at the counter. Uh, him, I like the cooks talking shit. I, I liked all of it. You know, everyone's sitting on the back end of a truck, you know, like, all right, you know, Casanova. I, and I like the, the weeds. I like the, everything about it. I just like I like the small town vibe. <laughs> old ass house. Yeah, the old the house was out of control. The house was way too old. What did they keep calling him? Like the dirt man? The dirt, the yeah, dirt, the dirt farmer. Or... Oh yeah, you know, all dirt he, farmer. Yeah, he tended that land for years and uh, never produced any seeds, no fruit, no harvest, nothing. You know, he just the man loved dirt. You know, he worked hard. You know, he spent he spent like a son of a bitch out here. But you know, he didn't. And that's, <laughs> that's the small town magic, right? Like where they, everyone yeah, knows dude, him. I like, love oh, it. Yeah. yeah, even the cop. It's the dirt farmer's family, like all petty and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah the dirt farmer. But uh, I, I like the rural antics. I was a big fan of it. And I think that kind of set this one apart from the others. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think that, that wraps up our review here. Thank you for listening. And we'll catch you guys next week as we uh, get closer to our year-end episode. If you guys have anything you want to hear on the year-end episode, if you want to be involved in the year-end episode, we're kind of talking about you know, maybe having some people record some questions for the Q&A stuff. If there's anything you want to ask us or and you want to be featured on the episode, we'll we'll record your audio and play it and then, you know, kind of go from there. I think that could be a lot of fun. Reach out to us at ScreenChamps on Instagram and Twitter or ScreenChampsPod at gmail.com. Catch you guys later. Peace. Hey, guys, that sounded great. Uh, can we get everyone to reset? All right. Take two.